sacred head now wounded with grief and shame weighed down now scornfully surrounded with thorns I only crown oh sacred head what Yet though despised and gory, I joy to call thee mine. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Jesus Teacher Give Me. This is episode number 79. And it is Holy Week 2022. So what we're gonna be doing today is a little bit different than what we normally would do. Um, But not to fret, not to worry, we are still going to make good on what we talked about at the end of last week's episodes. We are going to have a folly of the week, but what we are going to begin with is just kind of set up what we're going to be doing for the the rest of our time with you today. Uh, Rather than go through Dietrich's, uh, the the beginning of his his letters, we had spent the last four episodes talking about kind of his initial analysis of Nazi Germany and what does that mean for... Uh, for the rest of, of his life there in prison and how does that set up for the rest of the church. Uh, we're going to take a break because it is Holy Week and we're going to look at an article uh, by a rather esteemed pastor, would you say? <laughs> he's, he's laughing. And, and uh, no, I had the I had a privilege of, of writing an article for, for 1517.org. Uh, for those of you that may not be familiar, 1517 is an organization that uh, they produce a lot of content of gospel for you, and they have different things like articles, podcasts, um, videos, things like that. They do conferences. They have a publishing company, and there's a lot of really good stuff there. Some of it's a little interesting, uh, just kind of little things that kind of make you think that really don't have that much to do with the salvation story, but are more like details that make you kind of go, oh, that's interesting. But as Pastor Hill would say, how many souls did you save with <laughs> with that detail, right? It's the time you wasted discussing. Right, right, right. So some of it's kind of like okay, but there, like, there's a really good podcast. Lutherans, we don't save souls. So that's let's right. correct that right away. There's a there's a really good podcast that I listen to, um, and I know that one of our listeners listens to called The Thinking Fellows, and that's been actually very catechetical, which is which is really good. Um, Old Testament, New Testament podcast, practical application podcast, things like that. Anyway. Um, so I wrote an article for them that was inspired by Pastor Jim, and the first time that I ever heard him say this phrase, which is the title of the article, uh, I was taken aback, and then he kind of flushed out his idea. Horrified? Oh, yes, horrified. I was like, what the heck are you talking about when you say this? So I asked for his permission if I could if I could write the article. He said yes. I wrote a draft. I gave it to him. He read it. He edited it. I submitted it to 1517. They made a couple more edits. And then they submitted it on Monday of, of Holy Week, and um, it apparently got some got some good reaction, got some good feedback. So that was kind of cool. But the name of the article is da, 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 da. You ready? Easter is overrated. Easter is overrated. We've mentioned that I believe on this podcast before, and kind of what that means. And basically, the the theme of the article is don't skip Good Friday. Don't be so eager to jump to 
Easter that you forget why there's an Easter in the first place. Uh, Good Friday is everything. Yeah, Good Friday is everything. Well, Martin Luther says our theology is the cross alone. The cross alone is our theology, right? So don't don't forget don't forget that. So we're going to look at that article today. We're going to talk about Good Friday. We're going to talk about Palm Sunday, Monday, Thursday, all culminating with Easter and uh, and what that means for us. But before we need some theme music. Dun, 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 dun. I don't <laughs> I don't know why I picked that song. Anyway, so folly of the week. Pastor Hill, would you like to share this week's folly of the week outside of the fact that we recorded for 25 minutes before realizing that we hadn't actually been recording? Yeah. Oh, wow. I had said that my folly of the week is all those who believe the Putin word. It's Putin's recession. It's Putin's inflation. It's Putin this and Putin that. When I lose control of the Congress, it'll be Russian disinformation. I mean, instead of owning up to it, you know, so we have we have a president saying that to us, expecting, I don't know how he expects anybody to believe that. He says it, and then this bird comes by, comes flying by, and, and then uh, right-wing view, which is what? <laughs> Drops a load on his <laughs> shoulder. <laughs> I said took a dump on him. Ooh, I don't say that, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, so what does anybody remember of his speech about the economy the bird pooped they remember the bird <laughs> yeah, yeah that's right so i remember bonhoeffer the the whole idea with the folly is that you shouldn't argue with the fool right because right. all they're going to do is answer you with more talking points more malarkey well yeah. no talking point they're not listening to you they have talking points to fire back at you and uh, which is all malarkey it's yeah all it's almost like yeah. like jehovah's witnesses knocking at your door they're yeah. prepared for whatever you're going to say. and uh, Well, I think it was you, was it you that told me that the reason that Jehovah's Witnesses travel in groups of two is so that the one, one has a job to keep the other on script? So, like, if, 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 because no, of a Jehovah's Witness. It's more nefarious Witness, than that. They, they are to spy on each other, because if one of them starts listening to you, right. the other pulls him out of the house, out of the room. Yeah, because I'm not... And then I'm, reports him. Right, because I'm not one of those people that are just going to ignore the Jehovah's Witnesses. I'm going to talk and engage in conversation. And, uh, but and they're if, watching each other in case, oh, yeah. case something starts to register, then they'll bail out on you. Yeah. Spencer so. Torgelson just hit a two-run home run in case you were curious. I don't uh, have him. Curious. I know you don't have him. <laughs> Maybe that's the folly of your week. <laughs> Okay, those, that's inside baseball, right? Yes, so, fantasy baseball. Anyway, we were talking about Palm Sunday before we were recording. Well, we also talked about Nick's dog. Nick, do you want to share your, about your my dog girl? No, start this time with what did it take to get this dog? Which is also a folly of the week. So my wife and I have been looking to adopt a dog, and last Friday we were able to finally, uh, finally able, we were found acceptable to adopt this dog after jumping through several hoops in order to... Uh, interviews? And interviews. You say hoops or poops? Hoops. Okay. <laughs> okay. No, we had to do a bunch of applications and interviews and visits and house interviews, all that kind of fun stuff. And then we finally got him, and his name is Earl, the seven-year-old that's rescue a, dog. It's such a great dog's name. It is I a know. great dog name. Well, I, I joke it's also the whitest name you can come up with. <laughs> that's right. Right. <laughs> You said Earl and Vernon would be the two uh, yep, the two yep. white names. <laughs> so congratulations. So what did they not dog. ask you? 
they asked you. Oh, they every, asked everything but for a DNA check. For a DNA check or for a vaccination. I can't believe <laughs> that's proof of vaccination. I said I was shocked since there's since since we in America care more about animals than we do about babies. I was shocked that they did not ask for your vaccination status. We want to make sure that that Nick and his wife are vaccinated in order to be found acceptable to to receive this dog into their home. And Pauline had said that in the interview process that she did through Zoom that like she had cleaned the house to make sure that the that your place was acceptable and then they asked literally, "Oh, we want to see where the where the corner where the dog is going to be." And that was it, right? Yep, yeah, that was yeah. it. <laughs> just but they made it up to be this whole big interview. Um, but the point being is that the process to get a dog is they put more care into it than getting, than, a, foster than getting child. a foster child, which is absolutely ridiculous. Welcome to 2022 America. Although I think that that's kind of been the case for yeah. for a while. So now your family is complete. That's right. No more. You don't need a, you don't need any children. You have fur babies, as they like to say. Oh well. No. <laughs> I won't even dignify. Okay, Tyler. That fool. Right, well, I just, it's your turn. I mean, our cats. We have two cats, and our my, my wife. Uh, I am worried well what happens when we have a child what happens number one is that child <laughs> have have the the right amount of love from from her and from me or what happens to the cats when they realize that they're playing second and third fiddle i of course now will come always on play, tell the truth i will always play fourth fiddle yeah that's yeah. the truth <laughs> you're worried about being the fourth fiddle <laughs> right i i already play third so it's fine um the anyway. card, never play this card me or the cat Right. Yeah, because I don't know if I actually want to know the answers. So. Yeah. All right. So on to the article. So Palm Sunday. If you were, uh, if you're a member of a Lutheran church, or really if you're a member of any church, I don't think you have to be a Lutheran in order to, excuse me, in order to celebrate Palm Sunday. But a lot of churches, you either had one of two options. You could either this past Sunday, Sunday April 10th, you could either. Read the Palm Sunday account, which I believe this year was uh, was John's account of the triumphal entry, Jesus coming in, and the the people saying Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, Hosanna in the highest. Or you could bypass that and try to cram all of Holy Week into one Sunday, and sermon and one sermon, right? So we opted, obviously, to go with Palm Sunday. There's a lot of reasons to that, but it, a lot of times that the reason that people will opt to go with Passion Sunday instead of Palm Sunday is because the temptation for a lot of people is, after Palm Sunday, is to not really pay much attention to Monday Thursday, not pay a whole lot of attention to Good Friday, and then they reconvene on Easter Sunday to celebrate the resurrection of the Lord. And I'd asked you before, the the Passion reading, do you know offhand? It's be, the Passion reading begins with Palm Sunday. It includes Good Friday. It includes oh, Good Palm, Friday. It, normally, not every church does it. Normally, there's a processional, mm-hmm. and the processional starts with the Palm Sunday reading. Right. But when you get to the Gospel reading, then the Passion area. Okay. So it's. Is set. And they do they. All t- the way up to the stone is rolled in front of the tomb. Right. So the sealing of the tomb, that's kind of like yeah. the last part. So the reason for this is... For Easter breakfast. Yeah, right. We'll see you next Sunday for Easter, yeah. and we're not going to see Or brunch you. or whatever it is. Yeah. Right. Well, for us, it's... Br- 
it's, I guess for us it's brunch, right? We're having brunch. No, no, it's at 9.15. It's kinda... and fruits and quiche. What defines Ooh. a brunch, time or the food? Come on, Nick, which is it? Yes. The He's answer is yes. right now. Well, mimosas. Ooh, okay. We won't have mimosas at St. Stephen, but no. mimosas typically in, in my house, <laughs> mimosas have typically been the, uh, you don't have mimosas at 8 a.m. breakfast, but you might have <laughs> them at you know, 10 o'clock, okay? 11 o'clock brunch. But. So we at Family of God opted to go with Palm Sunday with for a simple reason. Uh, the simple reason is that we don't want to bypass Good Friday. We don't want to. We don't want to give in to uh, the societal demand of passing, skipping Monday, Thursday, and Good Friday. We want to celebrate the entirety in the entirety of Holy Week. We mentioned Monday night when we were going through song or uh, Isaiah fifty three that this whole week it's called Holy Week because we want to be focused on the entirety of the week. From the beginning of the of Jesus coming into Jerusalem to when he walks out of the tomb, so that's why we went with Palm Sunday. So then, the natural question is, Pastor Hill, what is the purpose of Palm Sunday? Why is why is Palm Sunday so important for us as Christians? In the traditional sense, it literally kicked off Holy Week with an expectation of. Everyone or most everyone will be there Monday, Thursday. In this city, Good Friday used to be a year off from work, at least half a day. And uh, you had an expectation that you would all gather Thursday and you would all gather Friday and walk through this week together. And I'd be surprised if if maybe 15% of the average attendance shows up on Monday, Thursday and maybe a quarter for Good Friday because most people leap right over. So it's like, ready? It's like going, Palm Sunday is the tailgate party. <laughs> yeah. And Easter is the, the parade. parade. That's right. And you don't have to worry about what happened in between, because after all, Jesus wins. Right. So. Well, I think, I think the temptation for... You lose the penitential aspect of Holy Week. I think I think the temptation for a lot of people. I didn't write about this, but I think that part of the temptation, the reason for skipping Good Friday, and we had we have really good friends, uh, one of our two of our bigger big volunteers here, and when I was talking with him about this article, and we were talking about the Passion of the Christ in the movie, and he said, "Well, I don't I don't want to watch the Passion of the Christ," and I said, "Well, why?" He's like, "Well." I don't want to see that. Now, that can take on two different flavors, which we've talked about before. Uh, I don't know if we've mentioned it on the podcast, but we've talked about a sidebar. That can take on two, two, kind of, two kind of flavors where I don't want to watch it because I just don't want to see, you know, I don't want to see a man who's beaten and bloodied and, and died. I don't want to see that. The, other, the flip side of that is I don't want to see this because I know that that's what I did to him. And I think for, certainly for this, for this volunteer, that's the case. Um, he's one of the, he's a good, he's a wonderful brother in Christ. He is a, he is a wonderful believer in Jesus, all of the things, a devoted follower. And for him, he said, 
I can't bear to look at what I made my Lord go through. So I think the temptation on Good Friday for a lot of Christians then becomes, well, I can skip Good Friday because I know what Jesus did for me and I don't want to relive that because it's so convicting of my own sin. Would you say that that's fair? That that's... Not without being personal, my reaction would be, yeah, you got it compartmentalized. That's good. Sure. I, yeah. And that's exactly what you've done. So mm-hmm. let's pretend we were back before there was movies. How did... How did people experience Good Friday when there wasn't a Mel Gibson and there wasn't a King of Kings or all those other movies? Ten Commandments. Ten Commandments. Um, they heard the scripture. I mean, I. this is what we did on Monday. We read part, portions, all of Isaiah 53, broken into portions and sang songs like yeah, with uh, Stricken, Smitten, and mm-hmm. Afflicted. And Sacred Head, Not Wounded, which I is my think favorite. you have to be without faith, not to be overwhelmed just by those two things put together. I don't think we should take steps to avoid confronting Good Friday. Right. I uh, I agree, and that's that's what I had said to, that's what I said to him. Um, tell me the movie's not accurate according to the Bible, fine. <laughs> but that's not the only way to experience Good Friday. Right. Yeah, there's a lot of other ways you can experience it, even just you know, just being penit—would you say penitential? Penitential. penitential. The whole—it's supposed to be a penitential it. season, right? Yeah, and and you just really kind of wallow—not wallow, but just observe the fact that yes, Christ died for you. God died for you. But I think the temptation for a lot of people is, yeah, I know that. <laughs> yeah, I know that, Pastor. I know that Jesus died for me. That's why I'm here every Sunday. I receive His body and blood every Sunday. I know that Christ died for me. I don't need to relive that. And I think that that's the temptation for a lot of people is I know this. This is what I believe. I don't need I don't need to take an entire Friday. I don't need to <laughs> your it's it's sunny. It's It took his whole entire Friday. I, okay. I'm not, I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just I'm saying I'm they coming can't at see it, me laughing, but I'm coming okay. at it from another perspective yeah. of Yes, Pastor, I know that Jesus died for me. I know darn well that it was me that put him on the cross, that I'm the people who said, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, and I'm the same people who called out from the crowd, crucify him. I know that, and I don't want to relive that. I'm just saying, that's that's the... I'm not saying I agree with that. I'm saying that that's, I think, a lot of people's mindset for... Well, okay. Skipping so Good back, Friday. Back to your article. If you want to live in the resurrection, you need to find a different church. Yeah. I'm sorry, but the attitude that, well, I'm forgiven, and I, I'm walking now in new life, and I don't need to go back there. First of the 95 theses was what? Living a life of repentance. Yeah. That means so, looking back. Um, so... I'm just going to read. You appreciate what you have if you don't yes. know where you came from. Right. So I'm, I'm going to go ahead and read the first couple of paragraphs here. The article interject as you see as you see fit. Uh, Nick, you can certainly do that as well. Uh, you have. The, I'll make him read some of this because I want his fingerprints. <laughs> Wonderful. You want Nick to be. You want the Fort Wayne guy to be uh, held captive. To the Easter is overrated. Okay. So title of the article: Easter is overrated. Begins. Now, 
Before you spit out your coffee, fall out of your chair, dump all the chocolate eggs out of your Easter basket so that you can pick up your stones, allow me to explain. Simply meaning that I fully anticipated on irritating a lot of people when I wrote this. I do not intend to disparage Easter at all. Easter is, after all, perhaps the most joyous day in the church. We pull out all the stops for Easter service. The brass plays, choirs sing, banners fly, lilies cover the altar, and everyone wears their absolute best on Easter Sunday. Fancy Easter brunches, there you go. Egg hunts, arts and crafts, and yes, I'll never forget when I went to a church where I saw this, even dunk tanks all add to the celebration as people shout with hope, Christ is risen, he is risen indeed, alleluia. With great hope, we have waited for that word of praise. It is an incredibly jubilant day. When I say that Easter is overrated, I simply mean that most people, including myself, are so overflowing with anticipation of this special day that that we overlook why there's an Easter in the first place. We go to church on Palm Sunday, receive our palm branches, hear the story of that our humble king riding to save the people crying Hosanna, and then move on through Holy Week. Sure, some of us make a quick stop at Good Friday, maybe Monday, Thursday if you have the time, but we can't wait to get to Easter Sunday. As you read this, even may, you may have even seen an Easter advertisement online from your local church advertising and inviting you to come celebrate joy with them on Sunday. It's overrated. Why? Simple. Maybe this is our jumping off point here. There cannot be a resurrection without a crucifixion. For one to be made alive, one first must be put to death. Wow. Gee, I wish I had written that. Anyway, um, <laughs> a couple days ago I was at Morley Candy's store, Sanders. Now. The one in Mount Clemens? Yeah. Where you will find that Putin has raised the price of crosses. What was $3 is now six ninety five. Rascally poop. Yeah, that rascally poop. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, we do we do just that for Easter, right? We make our reservations for brunch, get irritated if the pastor's sermon's too long. Right. <sighs> Sigh, right? Yes. We want to get to the party. Yeah. Some of these churches. And we're going to have ham. And ham. Right? But we lose sight of the fact that you're celebrating a rescue and when you don't want to think about having been rescued, that just reinforces the whole problem. Yeah. Right? Uh, so, you know, my, my first reflex is to say, Paul did not say we peach, preach Christ resurrected. Mm-hmm. He says what? He says we preach Christ crucified. And the stumbling block for the Jews and... Yeah, these are all the cross. Foolishness, foolishness yep. to the Greek. Uh, and he mean, does say if Christ is not risen, but right. actually and the risen doesn't matter if he hasn't already died. Yeah, and this is, and I mentioned that in the article. I say both. He he puts them together. They they can't exist apart from each other, because without Easter, we'll get to this in a minute. But without Easter, the cross means nothing. But without the cross, Easter is nothing. So and both so, both of you are lifeguards, right? Are you using quotes? Are you using air quotes for you guys? <laughs> I'm not sure I would trust you to rescue me. That's what the air quotes were for. Uh, well, Nick, <laughs> Nick met his wife as a lifeguard. Not in the water. This is true. Yeah, I trust her more than me, though. <laughs> I'm just saying that there were there were other reasons for us guys in high school and college to be lifeguards. 
Yeah, it has nothing to do with girls and never mind. Anyway, um, <laughs> we we weren't we didn't devote our lives to saving the other people. It was well, the scenery yeah, was nice. Yeah, you watched Baywatch. Now that the Warren Community Center pool of <laughs> right. But where I'm headed, where I'm headed anyway. is it, if you have to save someone who needs saving but doesn't know that they need to be saved, what, what problems does that present you as a lifeguard? Someone who doesn't know they need to be saved? They need to be saved, but they don't know that they are. In, well, they're going to they're gonna drown. <laughs> or? Drown you. Drown you. Right, yeah, drown take you, you yeah. yes. And so you might actually, if you pull them out of the water successfully, you might get punched in the mouth, right? Yeah, oh, that happens. So, but Or if, they jump on top of you and push you down. Yeah. Yeah. Try to take you down. So mm-hmm. it's only really, this is, I'm channeling Tony Evans, a Baptist preacher here, so not original idea. Yeah, he was a lifeguard. So they have to, he said, they literally have to be on their third. Uh, metaphorical, I'm going down for my third time, I'm, I've done, I've given up, I'm going to die. And then he said, then I would leap in and get them because they would let me rescue them. Right. And they wouldn't beat me up afterwards. Right. Well, that's, I think I've mentioned this before. Um, we were always, maybe, you, Nick, you, maybe I don't know how you were taught, but for me anyway, I remember being taught where you can't, prematurely jump into the water to go save somebody you have you quite literally have to wait for them to go underwater and and not stop breathing but as long as they have any kind of strength or any kind of hope or any kind of idea that they can save themselves you're not you're not going to be able to save them i think that's kind of what you're saying is Uh, yeah so i'm taking that one little half step further and saying that's where we need to go back to every good friday to back to the realization of I can't say I couldn't have saved myself, but he saved me. Um, and in fact, say uh, it would do it in the present tense too. I know he saved us once for all, but there's a sense in which we need to always relive that. We need to <laughs> always be being saved. Oh, you mean we constantly need to be repentant and forgiven and forgiven? Yeah. yeah. So you had mentioned. Near the beginning of this episode, you had mentioned that Palm Sunday is kind of the pregame, right? Yeah, what, do we, what do we call that? Uh, Tailgate, right? Tailgating party. Yeah. So, and I'm, many tailgaters don't even go to the game, right? Right. And some don't exactly. even watch the game because yes. they're too busy celebrating. Right. So this is what. Um, it's not like opening s- day. I've never been to opening day, <laughs> but you have. Yes, I did go to opening day this year, uh, last Friday, and. Yeah, quite a few people. I mean, that, there's a reason why they have bands playing from 10 until 2 when the game starts at 1, <laughs> because a lot of people that go down there end up not going to the game. So there's a sense, it's an event, but there's a sense of it wasn't really about the game. Right. Okay. Yeah, that, it's That's about what the party. I'm afraid we're going to let yeah. Good Friday become. Correct. So I mentioned this, and this is basing off of one of your one of your illustrations that you've used before. So I say, let's try this another way. We just celebrated one of the best Super Bowls in modern memory, even though it was Matt Stafford who won their, his Super Bowl. Whenever a team wins the Super Bowl, the city responds by throwing a party. Businesses shut down, people flood the streets, and kids are even pulled out of school to go see their heroes ride on the back of a brand-new Corvette holding the Vince Lombardi trophy. 
the prize that they earned after a grueling season culminating with the sweet taste of victory. The celebration is on. The victory is won. I'll never forget when I got to go uh, watch the Red Wings parade. My, I literally got pulled out of out of school to be able to go watch these guys roll down Woodward Avenue holding the Stanley Cup. It was awesome. But here's the hard truth, though. Ready? Here's the hard truth. Nobody gets a Super Bowl ring for attending the Super Bowl parade. They get the ring because they played in the actual Super Bowl, because they poured their sweat and tears into the game that they love and earned the coveted Super Bowl ring, because they may have literally bled for those they love. So that's, that's Easter in a nutshell. Easter is the celebration of what happened on Good Friday. But what happens, we are so eager to get to this celebration that we often give in to the temptation to throw Good Friday in the back seat and to only glance at it every now and again. The cross, then, is only a second thought. We are no longer theologians of the cross, but we are theologians of the empty tomb. And really what I meant to you convey could have said here, glory, but okay. Well, yeah, but I was, I was I know. trying to—yeah, that's what I was going for, was to say, you know, we are— as Lutherans in particular, we, we say that we are theologians of the cross. We call a spade a spade. We call sin a sin. And there's another group of Christians that are what we call theolo- theolog- theologians? <laughs> theologians. theologians of glory. They subscribe to a theology of glory, which is simply bypassing the cross. This is the, the crown of victory, and praise is coming, and uh, there's a miracle in this room right now. Who wants this miracle, right? Mm-hmm. This is the theology of glory. And when we make ourselves theologians of the empty tomb, we have completely put the cross in the back seat, which I would add, and I would think that you would uh, agree it's, with this. That's exactly where Satan wants us. Yeah. So let's back up the word picture a little bit. So um, if you were to meet a Super Bowl champion team player, right? Um, let's, let's pretend he's a quarterback. Matt Stafford? Oh, let's not pretend it's him. I am not into hero worship, especially of guys who couldn't do it while they were here. <laughs> but, never mind. Uh, and you said, say to them, what's it like to be a Super Bowl champ? And he tells you, look at my ring. And I was on the first row of the Corvette, and I got to hold the trophy first, and on and on and on with that. I would be very, very disappointed because what I would have expected him to say is, I got sacked seven times, but I got up every single time and fought back, and we won. Right. And, you know, I sprained my ankle, and I pulled my thigh, and I have to have shoulder surgery next Uh week, but we won because it's in the struggle, right? Mm -hmm. That's how you explain to somebody what it's like to have been a Super Bowl champ, not in a ring or a parade or or, a... Gosh, they're guys that never play in the Super Bowl who are on the team and get rings, right? Right. And they can't tell you anything about the game. Yeah, because they weren't in it. Right. They watched it just like you. Is that why, by the way, one of my pet peeves with Protestant churches, if you're a Protestant, non-Lutheran, sorry, but they're also quick to take the corpus off the cross. Mm -hmm. Yes. Because we don't want to see that. It's offensive. Uh, it's offen- it, Actually, they say it's idolatry. Yeah. You're worshiping the body of Christ. Oh, well, no, we saved that for the Lord's Supper. Thank yes. you. <laughs> right. But 
Yeah, it's, it's it, that's a sign of let's get past that. Let's, no graven even images. Right. That that's the official reason. But I think they don't want to they don't want to be made uncomfortable by right. that. They prefer their they prefer their faith to be further down the road on the resurrection or Pentecost or the ascension or the second coming. And I could right. name denominations to match all of those. Oh but, yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, but I think the New Testament answer is you linger at the cross. Yeah. Right. Well, and I think I think the apostles would vouch for that. I mean, well, they weren't there except one. They weren't there, well, right? Right. But there's a very evident when you look at you look through Acts yeah. and you look at the way that Paul talks, you look at the way that Peter talks and John, and all these other guys, even Luke and some of the stuff that he has written, uh, has you know he says. Yeah, all the, all of these things that they, there's very ev- there's a very evident vein of the theology of the cross rolling through this. These these disciples and apostles clearly understood, especially after Pentecost, they clearly understood what the cross was and why it was there, and they weren't going to budge from the cross. Mm-hmm. I'd say even Mark is the most obvious example of that. He hardly even talks about the resurrection. Yeah, in fact, that was yeah that was, <laughs> right? that was added later. Right? right, they they added that part to his gospel. He ends with he he rose. It was when they were terrified. They were terrified, <laughs> which honestly, probably uh, actually, probably a pretty in, accurate interpretation that's of the pretty way. Pretty close that we to do Mel that. Gibson's at movie yeah. end too. Oh, yeah. Easter. Oh, he's Boom. Yep. Thirty yep. seconds. Yep. Right. Easter gets thirty seconds. I felt so cheated. Right. But anyway, well, anyway, read the next paragraph. Good Friday is where the victory is won. It's where Jesus goes toe-to-toe with Satan and wins. It's where Genesis 3.15 is fulfilled. Satan bruises the heel of Jesus at the cross, but Jesus ultimately crushes Satan's head by dying. It is where Jesus empties himself, takes the form of a servant, is obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. As Paul says in Philippians 2. By this cross, Jesus reconciles to himself all things, making peace by the blood of the cross. Colossians 1.19. It's supposed to be 20, but that's okay. Oh, 120, yeah. <laughs> At the cross, Christ Jesus swallows up death forever, as Isaiah prophesied in Isaiah 25. And as Jesus dies, he bows his head, gives up his spirit, and utters a marvelous word. My favorite word. To Tetelestai, which means, or which is translated, it is Finished. Which arm is that going to go on? Probably on the right arm, eventually. I had to cancel my next appointment, though, so thanks okay. uh, thanks to our wonderful tax system. Yes. The Telestai, it is finished. Right. Uh, it is finished where? Forever. At the cross, yeah, right? At the it's cross, finished right. at the cross. He doesn't say this when he gets out of the tomb. He says this at the cross, right before he bows his head and gives up his spirit. So we're all about law and gospel. At least we should supposed to be all about law and gospel, right? In uh, on Pentecost, Acts, whatever it is, too, right? When Paul gets to the 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 hammer blow of the law, what does he say? You mean Peter? Peter, sorry. That's okay. Paul was still a sinner then. <laughs> Paul was still a so dirtbag back then. Yeah. You crucify the Lord of Glory. Yeah. Right. You you did it. Yeah. You what had to know do? that before you could go to the gospel. Yeah. You want to live in the gospel, you have to simultaneously live on the, with the cross. 
can't, well, what, can't put it in the box and say, thank you, Jesus, but I don't want to think about this. So when you think of the Christian life, and the Christian life is being put to death and being raised in Christ, you can't begin this new life in Christ until you've been put to death. So that's what Peter is doing with the law, is he is killing those who are, well, God is doing the work, right? Mm-hmm. God is doing the killing through Peter, but it's Peter proclaiming the word, they're hearing it, they're terrified because they're thinking, holy smokes, we've just killed God. Mm-hmm. What are we going to do? And then Peter gives them the gospel. Be repented, be baptized, all of you. In the name of? In the name of Jesus. And this is a gift for your family, for your children. Yeah, he moves right into the gospel, like, boom! Yeah. But you had to go to the, and I think... You had to die in order to be resurrected. That's supposed to be the essence of Lutheran preaching. Every yes. sermon we kill so that we can make alive make alive that's why that's why you hear about the god's word being that double-edged sword because it kills and it makes alive it does both things it, does, it kills you but it also destroys the enemies that killed you and makes you alive right next paragraph ready there is nothing else everything is complete god's mission to redeem redeem you by the blood of christ is accomplished the war between heaven and earth has ceased Mad and endless attempts for man to win salvation for himself are no more. Well, actually, they're vain. I don't know. Jesus obliterates and frees you from the law, that tyrant that enslaves you with its painful, suffocating, impossible demands. He becomes sin, is rejected by man and by the Father, and does everything you cannot. He then gives you his righteousness in the greatest scandal in history, so that you can stand before the Father justified, blameless, and righteous. Because of what Christ accomplished on Good Friday, your sins are forgiven, you are free. Because of Good Friday. Right, but there's a very small distance between stand before the Father justified, blameless, and righteous because of Christ. Our sinful nature wants to turn that into I am justified, I am blameless, and I am righteous. Yeah. And take credit for that which we have no uh, uh, input to at all. And so, again, that's another reason to uh, revisit Good Friday, to remember who we are in Christ, but we have to also remember who we are without Christ. Yeah. Uh, it's really important that, what's that Latin phrase, Nick, that comes from outside ourselves? Ex nos or something like that. Ex nihilo or extra nos. Extra, extra nos, nos right? What. Yes. So yeah, ex nihilo is from nothing. That's from nothing. But yeah. from outside of ourselves, that our righteousness has absolutely nothing to do with us and what we have done. This is this is not us choosing to believe that Jesus died and rose again. This is not us attending the Super Bowl parade with our cameras and our chanting and our wonderful songs of praise. This is what has been done at Good Friday. This is us, this is this is us simply be, being on the team and winning the game because of what Jesus has done for us, right? Mm-hmm. That's that it's nothing more than that. But we love to try to take that and make it about us. Again, that's why I think we have to keep going back. 
Well, that's why that's why observing Good Friday is so important because it's so easy for us to develop those kinds of attitudes and mindsets. We have to continue to look at Good Friday. We can't skip over Good Friday because we are so stinking sinful people that it's so easy for us to take what Jesus did and and just say, well, yeah, but I was like, like, right, were you there when they crucified my Lord? Well, I was, I was there. That was part of me. What? I passed by. Yeah, I passed by. (laughs) Right. It has nothing to do with you, is what we're trying to say. And that's not a bad thing, because really what we find is that all of our attempts, everything that we do, all that does is dig us a deeper hole. Yeah. I mean, look at look at what uh, I was listening to a podcast the other day um, where they were talking about uh, it was a, they were talking about in First Kings and uh, where the author of First Kings makes a clear allusion to David. They were talking about the the idolatry, and he, for some reason the the author of Kings brings up David and Uriah. And with regard to idolatry, because David, I, I think that the reason is because David has nowhere to take his sin, and David tries to fix it himself. And what does David end up doing after he conceives with Bathsheba? He ends up killing Uriah, and the whole thing snowballs so far out of, a, out of his control until he finally realizes that forgiveness cannot be found in anything that he does. It can only be found in God, which is when he writes Psalm 51. So it's that's why no, I think, that's, that's that's why I think King David was a Democrat. <laughs> right? He created a problem. Couldn't <laughs> okay. fix it himself. <laughs> so he called on someone else to fix it? Fix it for him. And then he covered it up. And the cover-up was, oh, look at me. I'm marrying the widow of Uriah, the hero who died for Israel and for me. And everybody thought he was great when, in fact, he he was a villain all the way through, right? Definitely a Democrat. Anyway. So the theme of this episode, Easter Sunday, 2022, David is a Democrat. Well, he acted like one there. In that that mode, they are all all like that. Yes, I know. There was not a single quote-unquote, good king. There were kings that did good things, but there was not a good king. So I like to think here, you know, you know it's very Protestant, not very Lutheran to read uh, Pilgrim's Progress as he goes through all these places and finally comes to the cross, and then finally he's led off into, into glory. And uh, I always, when I read that, I thought, well, you know what? I think I'd stay right here at the cross. If yeah. Jesus wants me, come back and get me. Right. But this is where I need to be, and yeah. so. So, and the reason for that is because this is what Jesus does for you. Jesus does everything for you. So the article continues, Jesus did all that was necessary for you on Good Friday on a hill between two men, those two criminals, held up for all the world to see. Christ purchased and won you with his blood. And because of what he did for you, you then are freely justified for Christ's sake through faith when you believe that you are received into favor and that your sins are forgiven for Christ's sake, who by his death, by his death, I say that again, by his death has made satisfaction for your sins. And that's a quote from Article 4 of our Augsburg Confession. By his death, by his work, by his wounds, quoting Isaiah 53, 5, 
we are healed. So then what are we to make of good, not Good Friday, what are we then to make of Easter? So what is Easter then? Where does Easter play a role in the Holy Week celebration? Because as, as we mentioned at the very beginning of this article, Easter is important. Easter is a celebration. Easter is the most joyful day in the in the history of the church because of what happened on Easter. So what is Easter then, Pastor Jim? What is Easter with regard to Good Friday? You can either read the article or you can just give your own two cents. Wow. I'm going to talk about marriage for a second, right? Sorry. Just waiting for us to get to this point. <laughs> what are you doing when you uh, have an anniversary? Celebrating your anniversary. No. What are you doing? Going out to dinner. <sighs> no. Other things that we can't say on this podcast? No. Oh. You're, Remembering? You're reliving Relive, a, okay. a certain day, right? You can hardly remember years three years ago, right? Oh, I remember every... Brandy, if you're listening, I remember everything about our wedding day. The good and the bad. Anyway, um, <laughs> this this poor guy, how long it was? Six weeks? Five weeks? How, just how, over six. Over weeks. six. I was right the first time, right? Or just over five, my bad. Between five and six. If you never got married, but you had anniversary parties, mm-hmm. what? It would have no meaning. Right. Right. And so um, if you look at Easter, Easter's meaning is found in the cross. You know, he was dead and is alive again. It's not he's alive again. He was dead and is alive again. I guess one of the things I... I was listening to you. Actually, I listened to you, by the way. You, said, you almost said, well, Jesus died for me. But that could, that could mean nothing mm-hmm. or it could mean everything because the words don't don't connect to how you actually feel about it and if you go year after year bypassing good friday then pretty soon you're at oh yeah he died for me and you're not you, you've hollowed it out there's right. no meaning yeah that's why i think it's important to not diminish easter but to Elevate Good Friday. Well, to me, it's on Easter, we remember what happened to Good Friday. To me, this is the year you're remembering what God did, how he accomplished. And this is kind of like that exclamation point there on on what Jesus did for you. It reminds me of every time that we cross ourselves in our church services, right? So in the beginning of a service, we make our beginning in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And the pastor makes the sign of the cross. And a lot of people, myself included, I like to do this for one reason. You cross yourself because it reminds you of your baptism. It reminds you of what you what happened to you in your baptism when God claimed you as his own. Not only that, but it's in your baptism, as Paul says, you are crucified with Christ. So this is where your old self goes to die, where your new self is raised up. But it's that, it's that reminder that you have been crucified because Christ has been crucified for you. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, we're different people, so y- you cross yourself and think of your baptism. When I cross myself, I'm thinking, I am not my own. I was bought at a price. Mm-hmm. It's a reminder of what Christ had to do to rescue me. Yeah. Um, 
and so by going to the cross, it's, it's this different side of the same same coin, yeah. right? But yep. uh, yeah, there's nothing wrong with either one of those no, things. No. So the paragraph says Easter then is the result of Good Friday, a marvelous celebration. Christ's resurrection is vital because it tells us that good that God the Father has accepted Christ's Good Friday sacrifice for the reconciliation of the world. And so says uh, the Book of Concord. We know for certain that death has truly been defeated and is swallowed up in victory, as uh, Paul writes in 1 Corinthians, to those who have been gifted the forgiveness, life, and salvation that Christ won on the cross were baptized into these promises. Death is no longer the end. This is the end, for me, the beginning of life, as Dietrich, Dietrich Bonhoeffer would say as he walked to his death. There we go. We... <laughs> We've made it to Dietrich. <laughs> yes. For all those who say he wasn't a Christian, please explain that sentence to me. But anyway, right. Right. Easter shouts that because of Christ, there is infinitely more hope in death now than any suffering or trial we may face in this earthly life. We might say that everything here on earth is temporary mm -hmm. and God's promises are eternal. Easter right. is precisely why James tells us to consider it all joy when we face struggles of any kind. All of this has been put to death, and from those ashes, new life in Christ begins. Might even say new life in Christ begins every day if we yeah. live a life of repentance. Yep. That's why, I, the, that's why Luther says that the Christian life is one of repentance and not one of getting better. Daily repentance. Yeah, daily repentance. It's not. It's constant dying and being raised again. It's not. It's not. It's not getting. Do you know how hard that is for Luther to write so. daily repentance. <laughs> You're right. He lived in the confessional. <laughs> right. Right. Yes. Priest he, says, "Come back once a day." Right. Yeah, because I'm tired of you. So, all of this to say, if you're still kind of wondering, kind of these connections. Um, I say that Easter must be seen then in light of the cross must never overshadow Good Friday. They are a, this is where we, they are a package deal. Package, packaged, they're a package deal. They go together. They're like ham and eggs, peanut butter and jelly. You can't have one without the other. And the verse that comes to mind when you're talking about this is Romans 4.25, who was delivered up for our transgressions and raised for our justification. Yeah. You can't separate them. They they go together. Yeah, they go together. Yeah, they you you they're, can't do that. Right, they're both necessary. Right, and which is why I think sometimes. But I argue with you that yes, we can separate them mentally. That's yes. the problem. Right. Yes. <laughs> right. That's the problem. Right. The problem is that we do and that we can separate them, but we we ought not do that. So I mentioned Romans six. You know how. Paul says that we've been united with Christ in a death like his, and we'll certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. And then he talks about how Paul, how what you mentioned before, Pastor Hill, how Paul has resolved to know nothing amongst the people except Christ and him crucified. But it's the same Paul who later on boldly claims that if Christ has not been raised from the dead, then our preaching is in vain. So he's clear, he's very clear about the Christian living in this tension. And I think as Lutherans, we understand tension, tension of law, gospel, tension of uh, body, blood, bread, wine, tension of life, death, tension of, you know, you, you name the tension. This is the tension of death and resurrection. 
And that's that's the tension that Paul is living to. And it's, it's a good tension. It's a good tension to live in. So I know it's not in the article, but in... Um in John's Gospel, when the Greeks come to see Jesus in the temple just before, it's probably on a Wednesday, right? Maybe Thursday of Holy Week. And um, his disciples tell them, the Greeks want to talk to him. What does Jesus say? Now is the Son of Man, come on, seminary students, glorified. He wasn't talking about Easter. He was talking about being lifted up, and so... Again, one of those mental things we do is, oh, Easter is the glory and Good Friday is the suffering, but actually Good Friday is the glory. John's, I'm not saying Easter isn't glory. John's explicit about that. Yeah. yeah. It reminds me of when the disciples are arguing, who's going to be on your left and right in glory? And Jesus is like, you have no idea what you're asking for because the two <laughs> thieves are going to be at my left and right, right in right, my glory. In my glory, exactly. Yeah, yeah. funny enough, that's, that's the only other time that you see the two, one on his right and one on his left, is right there at the cross. And John seems to pick up on this. John's Because it's James and John that are asking <laughs> asking him. And John seems to be the one that gets it and goes, oh, so, but in, that's in, what in you In John's mean. Gospel, sorry, in John's Gospel, when he says that, we got... We, have, we should mentally leap back to John 3 when Jesus says, and when I'm lifted up, I will draw all men, all men to me. To yep. And here he is about to be lifted up, and here come the Greeks. Yep. And so that's I think that's why he reacted like, oh, here it comes. Right. <laughs> right. Here they come, mm-hmm. the billions of Gentiles who want to, want to follow me. Yep, and they're going to see me, and there's going to be a lot of people like the centurion who say, this man is the son of God, and he was innocent. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, Joseph of Arimathea, right? He was, a, he was a guy who clearly had something going on in his brain because he offered up his tomb, just as the psalm said, right? Or the mm-hmm. prophet said, not the psalm. But, um, yeah, the point, the, po- the entire point of this article is not to, no, it's not to downplay Easter. It's not to say, don't celebrate Easter. Celebrate Easter. Celebrate the heck out of Easter. The only thing that we're saying is don't skip Good Friday. I think the language, I put my article away, but I think the language that I use per your direction is don't skip blithely past, you know, happy. Don't be, oh, 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 we're going right to Easter. Oh, by the way, there's the cross. Bye, Jesus. <laughs> right, right. I'll see, see you at the empty tomb. Actually, I won't because you won't be there. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> but don't, don't forget because it's ultimately here. It's at the cross where your salvation is won. You are purchased here at the cross, because that's here at the cross where God dies for you. And it's all done for you. So remember that, please, that the, as this Lenten season comes to a close, don't forget Good Friday. Don't forget what Christ did for you. It's all been done for you. And we see this, My part of my Good Friday my Good Friday sermon uh, with regard to some of Jesus' last words, arguably his last words, Father, into your hand I commit my spirit, quoting Psalm 31. This is a psalm of trust and a psalm of joy because Jesus is thinking of you and he's, it's, bringing his, it's bringing his this redemptive plan of man. That's what he's thinking of. That's his sole focus as he's giving his life on the cross. Anything else you want to add before we close and have some dinner with Bill and Brian? Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I'm thinking about all of the churches today in modern America who have a problem putting not even 
crucifixes, but actually crosses in their church mm. because the cross is offensive to seekers. Sure. If that isn't a denial of Good Friday and Christ, I don't know what is. Yeah. Well, and what did what did you say? The quote that you had from earlier about Christ being crucified, because the temptation for us is to preach a message that is loving, accepting, and th that cross that you're talking about is not like that. So with the quote that you had, yeah. you had found that you had shared with me. I found a quote. It's from uh, Leonard Ravenhill. I don't know who he is. I'm assuming some, some reform guy. But it says, if Jesus had preached the same message that ministers preach today, he would never have been crucified. Right. Ooh. Which cuts me to my heart a little bit, actually. <laughs> so and it should you, too. So keep Just those... Just remember, Easter is the biggest offering day. It's even bigger than Christmas. <laughs> That's right. Pass those plates. Don't offend Pass anyone. Pass those plates. Have some... I listened to a Lutheran sermon the other day about, uh, do you want this? I mean, it was, it was so stinking close <laughs> to an altar call. I'm like, come on, brother. Let's go. It just... Don't forget what it is. God has done all of this for you. This is all for you. And to be honest, because who is it when Jesus is lifted up, who does he say is going to draw all men to himself? Oh, is it the choice to go to the cross? Or did Jesus say, I I'm going to draw all people to me? So one last pet, this is his plan. pet peeve. Put this in your journal that you're not keeping. Taking an offering on Good Friday. Oh, my gosh. Why? I, I will not let that happen in any of the churches. You know, they may stamp the envelopes Good Friday, but no. There was an offering on Good Friday, and it's not about your two bucks. Yeah, it's it's the blood offering yeah. of Christ for you. It's almost insulting yeah. to me to take an offering on yeah, Good Friday. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Write so, it in your journal. <laughs> never take an offering on Good Friday. Or this crazy pastor said never take an offering. <laughs> All right, well, that's, that's going to do it for us for today. Blessings in your Holy Week, everyone. Um, see you at Pentecost. Uh, see you at Pentecost, yes. <laughs> uh, go. This is going to drop on Good Friday, so if you're listening to this on Friday morning uh, and you don't have a church family, please go find a, good a, a service that's having Good Friday. If you're close to us, we're having Good Friday here at Family of God at 7, St. Stephen at noon. It's just it's a day of, of repentance. It's a day of, to quote, the, to quote, quote our scriptures, to to sit in ash and sackcloth, repent and, and what God has done for you. Because this is the day that your victory is won, and we celebrate that. And and we will be celebrating Easter, but for now we observe the cross and what God has done for us. So have a great weekend, everybody. Easter blessings, Good Friday blessings, Easter Saturday blessings. Enjoy your rest, and we will talk with everyone next week for a brand new episode where we talk about, where we, as Pastor Hill says, he's mics off, but he said, we hope that you find all your Easter eggs, especially if they're actual eggs. Make sure you find those. We will be back with a new episode next week, everyone. We'll be diving into Dietrich's letters. We've been doing a little bit of looking around at what we're going to talk about. So it'll be good. It'll be exciting and certainly different. So no one's told you yet. God loves you. So do we. We'll talk with you next time. What, like, oh, the bird pooped all over Biden? It wasn't all over. I'm not sure it was a bird. And I'm not even sure it was Biden. What do you think it was? <laughs>
None of them were real. <laughs> What's the folly of the week? Uh, yeah, the folly. Oh, ooh, ooh, we yeah, think about to, that. Good. All right, good. yes. <laughs> what will be the folly of the week? <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll hold on to it. <laughs>